Okay, let's turn to uh, um, um, Exodus chapter 18. Now, I just want to uh, teach an offshoot from uh, what we learned um, at the conference for ministers, leaders, and um, the feedback that we got, even from uh, business owners, right, and from ministers. Was, in fact, a pastor told me that it was one of the most impactful all right, meetings he had ever attended. Now, the general theme behind uh, the meeting was the fact that there are two dimensions, and Reverend Samadhi also picked up on that concept yesterday, that there are two dimensions here in our Christian work or in uh, leadership, whether it's personal or you extend it in an organizational level. And that there is a spiritual dimension, and then there is also the structural dimension. And in order for you to fulfill your vision, you must have a good grasp of both dimensions. In other words, you must have the dimension there, understanding the power dimension, and then also understanding the wisdom dimension there. So there's the spiritual, and then there is the structural. And what we have many times in Christianity is an imbalance. You either have people, all right, that are so spiritual and believe, all right, just in the spirituality there or spirit nature of things, and only sit down with that, all right, why you have people that might understand that, right, there are structural issues to deal with, but because of this, uh, in their, uh, their subconscious levels, uh, they, they, have, they, they have experienced this power dimension, don't pay as much attention to the structural issues, which will only work when there is attention to details, and I don't pay that kind of attention to it. And so don't do what is called managing themselves to victory, which means that it requires good management for the full victory, right, to be realized within your life. So they ignore things, signals that they get, uh, don't understand the importance of feedback, all right, don't know how, you know, to remove obstacles through proper structure in order for the power of God to be able to flow. Uh, like Jesus stood before the tomb, but he said, roll the stone away, which was a natural thing. And then uh, there was the release of power to bring about and to do the impossible. So we looked at Exodus, all right, chapter 18. And in the life of Moses, you see these both dimensions played out. Uh, you see the power dimension, uh, but at the same time, you see there's an emphasis on that structure there, or wisdom. And in Exodus chapter 18 and verse 1, it tells us about Exodus 18 and verse 1. It says, when Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law heard all that God 
her daughter for Moses, uh, many strange and powerful things that had never happened in the history of the earth. Supernatural occurrences happened through the hands of Moses. And so when Jethro, his father-in-law, heard about the parting of the Red Sea, heard about the nine judgments of God, all right, that he had effected before the tenth one that brought about their salvation, heard about how he had turned the sea into various things, frogs had emerged, powerful things had happened that man had never witnessed, right? The Bible tells us, right, how he had done that to bring Israel, his people, and the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Verse 2, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and the two sons. And the Bible tells us in verse 8, and Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh. These were powerful things. And to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. And all the travail that had come upon them by the way and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hands of the Egyptians. And then Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who had delivered thee out of the hands of the Egyptians, out of the hand of Pharaoh, and had delivered thee from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. And then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a bond offering, sacrifices for God, and Aaron came and all the elders did eat bread, all right, with Moses' father-in-law before God. So the next day, something happened. The Bible says it came to pass on the next day that Moses now sat down to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from morning till evening. And the father-in-law saw what was going on, everybody coming. And when Moses' father-in-law, in verse 14, saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning till evening? And Moses said, It's because they have come to inquire, all right, of God, concerning, or concerning God, from me. And then Moses' father-in-law said unto him in verse 17, the thing that thou doest is not good. Thou will, the effect of it, will surely wear away both thou and these people. That is, you will get worn out, the people will get worn out with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee, and you are not able to perform it alone. He said, hearken now to my voice, and I will give thee counsel. So Moses had spoken about power, Jethro, his father-in-law, came to talk about wisdom. He came to talk about the structure that was necessary. Moses had seen all of the results by power, or right, the spiritual, and his father-in-law warned him that this outburst of power and this surge of results is going to get counterproductive 
by the way and manner in which you have organized yourself. Something is fundamentally wrong with your structure. So here is the structure that will be able to carry what God intends to do for you. And he said, here is the wisdom. God shall be with thee. And then he gave the job description and job assignment. First, you'll be Godward for the people. Bring their causes to God. Teach them. All right. Then he said, verse 21, you've got to delegate. You've got to look for men that are able, recognize talent. And the next thing is delegate. All right. And this is how you are going to select the people that will be in leadership. And so what Moses' father-in-law Jethro gave him was the structure. What Moses got from God was power. What a human being gave to him was structure. God was talking with Moses. Understand this. This is what Christians need to get. God was talking, holding conversation with Moses. God knew that what Moses was doing was not right. But that information, as far as the arrangement of God is concerned, and God is very institutional, the arrangement of God is somebody that actually brings that information to you. And once you are not humble enough to understand that no matter how much progress you are making, with the application of power, you needed to be taught by people as to dimensions of wisdom and get knowledge from other human beings in order for what's going on in terms of power there, right, for it to be well-structured and for it to bring about multiplication. Now, if Moses developed a superiority complex by reason of the fact that he could part the Red Sea, by reason of the fact that all these mighty things had happened, that Jethro, even in his dreams, could not have conceived. If Moses was that arrogant and hadn't listened to Jethro, his father-in-law, Moses would have perished shortly based on how he was administering things. And we gave this concept here that there are three things that are necessary for a seed to grow. The seed is your vision, the dream that has been placed in you, that Jesus says the kingdom is as if a man will cast seed into the ground. That seed, you put it into the earth. Three things are necessary for a seed to grow. One of them has got to be, it has to be planted in the right soil because it needs nutrients that are in the ground, in the soil, on the earth. Then it needs rain that is coming out, type there, of the heavens. And then finally, tryouts, and it needs the sunlight, all right, in order for it to grow properly. So we said that the rain is a type of seek the face of the Lord, call upon him. It says, as the heavens are higher, so are my thoughts. And it talks about, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. So power comes out all right, of the heavens into your life. But then uh, that seed also needs what we'll call the information 
that is already existing on the earth that is operational on the earth. And here is where a lot of Christians miss it. In other words, it needs nutrients that are on the earth. It needs to absorb things. Uh, there have been things that have happened on this earth for thousands of years. Uh, these things are documented. All right, people have had experiences. Uh, this kind of information is in the hearts of men, is what men know that the way God has designed it, it will only be transferred to you by men that really understand and know these things. Some of them have written books. Uh, some of them have done this. And this information deals with, that's what Mr. Lakeald was talking about, the logos, which means the mind of God. All right, things that have happened, all right, that is there that somebody can come up and, and teach you and cancel you. Let me give an example, right? I mean, we talked on this, and I spoke about the fact that if you plant a seed in Nigeria, it might be able to grow in Nigeria. If you take that same seed to Sweden, all right, it won't grow even though rain is falling because the nutrients, all right, that that seed requires, right, might be in the soil in Nigeria, which is why some things can grow in some countries and can't grow in some countries, right? But if those nutrients might not be in Sweden, so it can absorb. So it sends the signal out to get the nutrients. Those nutrients are not there, so it doesn't, all right, grow, not germinate, and things don't happen. So this pastor came to meet me after the meeting, and was the last of our guest pastors we invited. And he said, look, he and his wife came and said, you know, I want to talk to you about something. I said, what? And he said, look, we thought you were going to answer questions, so we'll have asked you. And it was a very powerful question. He said, you know, I'm an itinerant teacher. An itinerant teacher means somebody who doesn't, all right, pastor a local assembly, but goes around teaching the word of God, holds seminars, but is not pastoring. And he said, you talked about the fact that certain seeds can grow in some countries, certain seeds cannot grow in some countries, that he has noticed, rightly, that you don't have any real successful itinerant ministry, which was going around, teaching around in Nigeria. And then he said to me that, is it that the soil in this country does not have the nutrients, all right, for there to be the development? I said, that's a very good question. In fact, you should have asked it publicly. And I said to him, I said, listen. And I told him, the minister, I can't say this publicly, all right, a senior minister in this country who had said once, I think was teaching somewhere, and said that in the history of Nigeria, and it's true, right, that there has been no itinerant teacher that has been, all right, uh, successful, all right, in teaching. That the way the Nigerian system operates, you have got to be a pastor, you have a congregation, and even the validation that you get is based on, all right, what is going on within your congregation. That's the way they will evaluate you and open up doors to you. He said, so, will it work? And I said, you know, it's a deep question. I said, but let me tell you something. I said around about 89, 90. Now, all right, so you are now going into what is called institutional knowledge, where you can only get from people. I said I was in the office of the person who, in court, was supposed to be, right, the most successful itinerant teacher in this country. And he repeated to me, all right, and he only would tell people that he really trusts. So this information, they just will not put it out in public. And that's why you need to know where to, you need it, all right, or else you just sweat on the earth, all right? And he said to me that, he said, you know, itinerant ministries, he talked about it, that maybe we made, did make a mistake. 
He said itinerant ministries succeeded in America because America has the infrastructure. The postal system works, all right? You can post things by mail. You announce, all right? You have a point where you are maybe on television, right? So all of them have a structure. Those who have succeeded at it, they're on television, they're on radio, and then they build that communication using posts and all of that. I'll be all posting things, posting things. I remember once I was abroad and somebody saw me and, I mean, the person said, you know, he wanted to, well, he wanted to give me a gift and I didn't know about it. I left the meeting and I was in Nigeria. So the secretary of the pastor, I mean, this was Bishop Butlahan, his secretary called me and said, look, there was a gentleman who came to me, met you in the minister's lounge. He said he had something for you. I said, all right. He said, which address should we send it to? And I told the person, and I, no problem, I was at home. Next thing, the mail came in and I got the mail and I opened the letter and I opened, 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 and there were thousands of dollars there. Now you didn't do that in Nigeria. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, post, post what? <laughs> All right. You can't do that. And back then in those days, even to post, it is, you're not sure your letter will arrive at the destination. All right. So I said, look, it could not work. Right? Because then everybody will have to write. It's cumbersome. You don't know whether it will work. They will reply over there. You can have overnight delivery. You can, there are many things like that. People just could not do here. I said, so that is why it couldn't work. Not that inherently God was against it. I said, but thinking about it that you asked me now, there's the internet now. That network can actually be built on the internet. If you know how to gather a followership off online and then understand how to translate it into meetings offline. And I said, there's a method to it. I said, that is what people like the Obama campaign used in 2008. I said, and they, they also understood you manage yourself to victory. In other words, you test it to see how it works. So I said, they had to run the test. So that it's not on election day, you find out that your cliques of like doesn't translate to votes. It will be too late. So what they did was that they ran these small things and they would say 30 people should meet. That's what they are doing in Hong Kong, that they are scheduled, it's, it's, they, they build it online and then understand how to translate it offline. That's how they got Brexit, which means the established order was shocked at the vote because they had built communities on Facebook. They had built those things where people had gathered in clusters and then they understood the method of translating it all right there. So I said to him, I said, listen, there is a school. I said, this thing, don't just go and meet anybody, right? Because you have many people that are teaching what they themselves have not practiced. So there are many people doing digital marketing that they themselves have not sold anything, all right, digital Why? If you go and meet those ones, they just went on the internet, read some things, and they'll be teaching you theory. I said, listen, you do have a visa. I said, yes, to England, all right, and I won't announce this to you because it's not free of charge like that. I can't just announce it. So I said, there's this woman who is an expert in England. And she worked with Margaret Thatcher. She worked with Tony Blair. She worked with these people. She teaches it. And this is the course. All right, there, you can apply. I said, two of my staff have gone for that training. So you can apply and go and learn because there are algorithms you must understand. There is a way Twitter, they will tell you on Instagram when to post and when to post. They will show you the traffic, show you the analytics here, show you how the human heart, mind responds to those things. They will teach you that. He said, Pastor, thank you very much. All right? That is information on the earth. Oh boy, he can be praying and fasting. He might not see that for 20 years. 
Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Which means what was given to him. In fact, it was when he asked me that I, for, I'd never said it before in my entire life. That was when for the first time I said, wait, hold it, hold it. Ah, you can do it this way and build this kind of, all right, particular thing. So it's important. And many times, all right, Christians don't understand this. And we see this. They get the power part, right? And they talk power. And they hear testimonies about the power dimension, all right? Of, and it's very important. And once you hear the power dimension, then you are trying to reproduce that power dimension in every single thing that you do. But then there is the wisdom dimension God, all right, is now bringing in. So we find in 1 Corinthians, all right, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22 here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, for the Jews require a sign. I remember Sam was talking about the sign there means a manifestation of power. All right, they want a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. So he talked about there are two ways in which people look at God and spiritual things. Some people is slanted towards the power dimension, and in some nations is slanted towards the wisdom dimension here. And he said, rightly, he said the nations that even tilt to wisdom do much better than the ones that tilt into power. All right, so one of the challenges we have in this country is that our concept of God and Christianity is power. Which means that, I'm telling you, and it's about the release. So, if you go and meet anybody, why is your marriage not working? They will attribute it to something on the outside and you get away with it. Which means that your mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and some auntie inside the village are the ones turning the thing. And people believe that, and for the next seven years are praying and fasting about it. Let me give an example here. People have taught it on the pulpit. I don't know, people don't teach it this much. But when I grew up as Christian, that they said, why did Nigeria, things not work in Nigeria? We're doing well. Why did things not work? They said, it's that building next door. All right? They'll tell you that it's Festac. That when they did Festac 77, that they brought gods, and I've seen men of God teach it, idols and all these things into the country. And those idols that came into the country, in fact, back then, if you have this kind of church, you're in trouble because you are close to, all right, the, where, 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 the, where the spirits are hovering, all right? All right? So, idols and all of that, and people believed. And then people have come around this building to dig around it, to, to anoint, are you following what I'm saying, around it, to cast out the demons that are causing it. But it was called First Act 77, it was the second festival. The first was held somewhere before it came here. Go and check what is happening in the country where the first, they are doing very well. There was a third one after this, how it's happening there, I think it was in Atlanta, big, powerful things. It didn't affect Atlanta. It didn't affect, I think the first one was Rio de Janeiro, it didn't affect them. Now it's Lagos, and we don't think in scientific ways. They just tell us a story that everybody says, demon has come, God has come. So we are looking for the power aspect, all right? But looking at that wisdom aspect there. Now, they, they, those countries looked at the wisdom aspect there. And even the system of government they put in place, they got some of it, gleaned it out of the scripture. Uh, they gleaned it out. I mean, management principles they're using in corporations, they got it from this Jethro Cancel, right? I mean, when we look at democracy there, where did they get the ideas from? That the idea of the National Assembly, the legislative arm of government, 
that the idea about presidency and governorship and all these things, the executive arm of government. And then the third arm of government is the judiciary. They, where did they get it from? They got it from this scripture that says God is our king, is our Lord giver, and is our judge. Those are the three things. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.